so much more than anything. Come on, worship with me now. have the opportunity today to worship him you can pour out your heart before him you can do it like in Psalms 103 that says bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me I believe God wants us to worship worship him unreservedly all that is within me bless his holy name bless the Lord oh my soul and forget not all his benefits I believe there's benefits that comes by serving him. Amen. It's like, it's even much better than any kind of insurance policy. It really pays benefits. And the benefits are, he forgiveth all of thine iniquities. And he heals all of thy diseases. All inclusive. Every promise. Hallelujah. It's complete and total redemption. It's, it's forgiveness for the soul. Amen. And healing for the body. That's his benefits. It's all lays in the atonement. What he paid for us. So the next word is in, it says, who redeemeth. Because that's who he is. Redeemeth thy life from destruction. And there are those Maybe you're lost in sin. You don't know Jesus. But there's a redeemer from the destruction that lays ahead. And if you're sick in your body, and the devil is sworn he's going to destroy you. See, because he can't destroy the word. So he tries to destroy the vessels the word comes in. So he brings sickness upon the body. And so, but he redeemeth thy life from destruction. Amen. Then he does more than that. He puts a crown on you. And that crown is with loving kindness and tender mercies. Hallelujah. It's his finishing touch. Sets that crown of loving kindness upon you. His tender mercy. And you don't stop there. He just keeps pouring it out. He satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your, your youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, it doesn't make any difference if your brother and sister Hollis that are listening in this morning, age has got you down and age-related problems. He's still the redeemer, the healer, the deliverer. It doesn't matter if your sister Catherine Dexter, perhaps listening to us right now, streaming the service. You're not alone, sister. He's with you. And he has benefits from serving the Lord. Those benefits, he's there that says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Amen. What is it? 
our faith then our turns toward him and his loving kindness and today we're going to be sending a prayer cloth into her room doctors may want to do their things but God is a great physician and he healeth all inclusive all diseases hallelujah might be our brother Kenneth and sister Loretta listening in today it's for you too doesn't matter how aged or age related problems and sickness and disease there's benefits that come by serving him we have our sister Ruth Wilson of course as you know that the doctors have said she has cancer and says it's in her breast going to do chemo her her daughter sister Susanna and brother Travis Brown they're wonderful people we're happy to have y'all today thank you thank you for being here with us in the service and also thank you sister Sally and and brother Bobby and Samuel for coming being here today and the wonderful song we heard exalting the Lord but the other day sister Susanna no doubt happened burdens on her heart for her mom you know how that feels and she'd been no doubt prayerfully prayerfully seeking God for an answer hearing a tape the other day Brother Branham's this was spoke to her I see someone that appears by you it's an aged person it's a woman very sick I see a long street coming I see a little girl oh it's your mother and you're praying for her in your prayer and your mother is seriously ill and her examination shows she has diabetes and a cancer and a cancer they couldn't find the other day where it spread anywhere else and you're afraid for your mother and you're praying to God now to help your mother that's true and brother Branham goes on speaking there and he and he says and the tears that you wipe your eyes on that handkerchief you lay it on that one that you love and and he prayed Heavenly Father I ask you a blessing grant this woman's request her faith has touched thee and she brings a handkerchief today for her mother for sister Ruth we're going to pray over that now we've seen what God has done we've seen it just sent over into South Africa and cancer healed and jobs made and that you know every kind of situations there God has answered prayer and God is answering this prayer not only for this cancer and diabetes but also this heart trouble we're going to pray today and as I as I preach and I minister we're going to minister things that will show up God's strength and power give us courage in this hour let's talk to him right now father it's in the name of Jesus that we come and I hold in my hands today these prayer cloths and Lord God you've already spoke over them even even many many years ago Lord things that spoke that has been quickened now to the hearts sister Susanna for her mother and she brings this request 
Lord, she's a believer. She's a lovely person that has put her faith in you. And there her mother has been a long-time believer. Lord, there's been a long streak, a dark streak of trouble down through the years. Even Brother, Brother James has had his difficulties in life. Lord, certainly men's days are few and full of trouble. And we read in the scripture even that many are the afflictions of the righteous. And certainly, Lord, as long as we live here, we have afflictions and troubles. But that's not where you ended it. You said, but the Lord. Oh, God, let's bring you into the equation. But the Lord delivereth them of them all. I pray, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, that as these are laid upon the sick, Lord, that there will be healing and deliverance. And they'll know that you are with them and present. And the prayers of the faith shall save the sick. And God shall raise them up. It's in Jesus' name we ask this. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless the service today and us in your presence. All of those that have gathered, Lord, there are those that are away from you, backslidden, those that never knew you, have never had an experience with you. May today they have an experience in your presence, a renewing of the Holy Ghost, and their faith mount up with wings like eagles. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis chapter 17 for our scripture reading this morning. We are just looking to the Lord to speak to us. I'm going to speak on El Shaddai again, the, the full word of promise. As we look into this, I just pray the Lord will direct our thoughts and our words. May it go like as to a target there and hit there on every, every place where that we need to speak today ministering to the needs of God's people. He's able to come by your pew, minister to you in a very special way. Amen. He's here to bring deliverance in your life. Amen. He's a prayer answering God. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and 9. So, no, wait a minute. Let's stop here just a minute. You're never too old for God to do something for you. So never give up on a promise. No matter, you say, well, I've lived my life. Well, that's all right. He still is a healer of all diseases. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. Thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shalt thou name be any more called Abram, but thy name shall be called, shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abram, Abraham, thou shalt 
keep my covenant. Therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. This is my covenant, which I ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. Ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin. It shall be a token of the covenant between me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man child in your generation. He that is born of the house or bought with money of any stranger which is not thy seed. He, is, he that is born in the house and he that is bought with money must needs be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. And God said unto Abraham, as for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her. And she shall be a mother of nation, and kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. And he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. God bless you. You can be seated. Now, we have been through Abraham's journey with God. And he began as a heathen like the rest of the world. Justin. We got a new microphone and it's a uh, different way to wear it. I hope y'all are happy. <laughs> that's not better, that's worse. All right. So we have been through Abraham's journey with God and he began as a heathen like the rest of the world and was called out by God to walk with him. Now, we have been through it. The divine call was justification, and every person comes to that place where that by faith they receive God's righteousness and forgiveness for their sins. And later, he brings him to the altar where he was sanctified through the blood offering. But now, at 99, you would think his journey is complete, but God is actually just now going to fulfill his purpose in Abraham's life. And here God reveals himself as almighty God. And in the Hebrew, this is called El Shaddai. Now, as he said in Genesis 71, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram 
and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And this word almighty God, as we said Hebrew, in the Hebrew is El Shaddai. It comes from the a root word. And in that root word is the word shad. And it comes from the word meaning breast. Now, there was God expounding and revealing himself now as the almighty or the strength giver. And yet there was already a child that had come from Abraham's strength, which was Ishmael. But here God wants one born of the supernatural out of God's strength. And, and to be born of the supernatural is to be born of the word. And, and uh, so to be born of the word is God will show himself in full strength saying, I am the almighty. I am God that is more than enough. I am God that is in full strength. Yes. Now, this is where that we are in this hour. We are not in a day where there is a partial revelation of God, but this is the hour and the day of the fullness of the revelation of God. Whether we are not in a time of partial truth, but where the fullness of the word is being made manifest. Amen. Now, in Seed Not Air with the Shut, Brother Branham tells us that this happens at the opening of the seven seals. Revelation 10, that the full word is to be born into manifestation again. Vindicated by the Spirit of God in the full strength as it was when he was here on earth, manifested in the same way, doing the same things that it did when he was on, when it was on earth. Amen. Hebrews 13, 8 said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Luke 17, 30, Jesus said, in the days, in the last days, as it was in the days of Sodom, when the Son of Man will be revealing himself again, it will be the same thing. So you see, again, it's a time where the full word has been born into manifestation because we're not in the hour where the book is closed and some of it of truth held in obscurity. But we're in a day and the hour where that the word comes fully revealed and fully manifested, making him, Jesus Christ, the same as he was yesterday. And, and so there have been many, many misconceptions through the ages and part of the word revealed. But now, you see, the things changes. You see, we had conceptions before that that wasn't right. We had misunderstandings that wasn't true. But that was before the fullness of the word came to, into existence or the opening of the seven seals. So you see, we're, we've moved from a time from partial revelation to full revelation. And so here was exactly what God was doing with Abram. He had revealed himself in, in justification and the divine call. He had revealed himself in sanctification and the blood offering. But now he's going to reveal himself in his fullness. And here now the real plan of God will come into view. Now, of course, you know, we are in the very hour of Christ's return. Amen? 
Amen. So again, even as there was the appearing of Christ, our God in the days of Abraham, and here he comes and reveals himself in a greater way, in a greater way, and, and many different aspects that he will make himself. And I want to make something clear to you. No matter how many times that God revealed to him, himself in different forms in different ways Abraham never got confused as to who God was or who God is he never made him a trinity or four or five and so now this is five different ones of him but he saw it was all the same God unveiling himself in a greater way amen so you see, it never made a Trinitarian out of him, a heathen out of him, because you see, he had been a heathen. But now the revelation comes of, of a one God. And now with many different manifestations of that same God, appearing now, you know, in the past, he'd appeared as Melchizedek, and he'd appeared as, um, as Jehovah, and, and he, he made many different appearances to him, but now he comes and he says, I am going to reveal myself as the Almighty. Amen. As the Almighty God. As the one who's going to give you strength in your old age. Oh, brother, we need that in this day. Church has been around for a long, long time. We've come through seven ages. But we got to have a strength giver in this day. We'll never make it without him. We'll never bring back Christ to the earth without the strength giver. Now, so it is the coming of Christ that we're talking about in our last day. Listen in the message, the trial. And I want to I just preference what I'm going to go into in a moment. But in the message, the trial in 64, Brother Branham's quotes again Jesus' promise as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot. It would be in the last day. We got it here. It's here. It's already vindicated. Just how many scriptures? In the Sodom age, what happened to Abraham would return back again to Abraham's royal seed, which is, which is in Christ. Christ returning in the form of his word. So now I want to give a thought to you for a moment. His returning then is going to be much different from the misconceptions of the reformers. Now before we go anywhere, I'm not doing away with the literal physical coming of Jesus Christ. Before we go anywhere, we are going to have a meeting in the air. But I, I want you to understand that, that, that Christ returning is much different from the misconceptions of those before us in the past. You see, they thought the coming of the Lord was as a moment in a twinkling of an eye. No, that's the change of the body from mortal to immortal. You see, that happens in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. We shall all be changed. When? How? In a moment in a twinkling of an eye. But we found there, and Brother Branham goes over this in the rapture message. He, he said he does three things as he descends. So there's not just one aspect of his coming, but there are now three aspects of his coming. And of course, as he does, there is a shout, there is a voice. And there of the, of the archangel and then the trump of God. And we know at the trump of God, at the last trump, the dead in Christ rise. So we know the other two then happened before the, the resurrection of the saints. 
Amen. So he descends from heaven with a shout. So how could he judge the world and take some in a rapture while leaving others behind? Uh, yet, and there's necessary parts of his word that is still hidden in obscurity, still darkened by misconceptions, still clouded by unbelief. How can he come and just come get a bride, come get a people, come back like he said, and yet much of his word is not revealed? Are you with me? So before his physical corporal coming, he has to descend with the open book. Amen. The word has to be restored. Amen. So he said, I will pour out my spirit in the last days. How many believes were a part of that? Amen. And he did. And as he did, he descends, pouring out the spirit. He descends from heaven with a shout. Amen. Now you say, Brother Tim, I, you know, how, how in the world can we really look at that? Well, go back to the days of, of Moses. Amen. What, what did he say to Moses in the burning bush? I have come down to deliver you. Is that right? Amen. Now, the people didn't see so much the burning bush, but they saw a prophet anointed by the burning bush with a message of deliverance. Amen. But what was it? It was God coming down. God descending with a message sent by a prophet to bring an exodus. Where are we in this hour? God's done some extraordinary things in our age to bring you here to this point that you're in in time. Now, this is again... Again, he said, I will pour out my spirit. And as he does, he descends from heaven with a shout. Now, it's a message. The shout is not God screaming. Are you with me? It's not just a, a whoop or a yell. It's, it's saying something. It's saying something. It's a clear message. I'm, I, you know, again, it's, it's not going to be hidden. It's a loud, it's a loud message. It's a shout. Yeah. Amen. Amen. This was the word returning. And that which was sealed up, now revealed. Uh, sealed up now is revealed and open. And this was, again, not his corporal coming. This was the word returning. And return it did. It returned in his full power. I want you to get it in its full power. I am almighty God. Amen. This is a time of fullness. This is a time of power. So it returned in its full power. It healed the sick. It raised the dead. It cast out devils. It discerned the hearts. Hallelujah. Because it's the word, not a theology, but the word making Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Coming in its full power. Hallelujah. Healing every kind of sickness. Bringing, making demons to flee. Amen. Casting out devils. Amen. Bring them, bring them again the truth of the word of God. But it didn't just come in word only. It came with power. It came with much assurance. I don't need
need me to explain it. It didn't need Joseph Coleman to bring it clarity. It didn't need Lee Vail as a teacher to help him say it more clear than he could say it. It doesn't need theology, theologians and schools of, of divinity's opinion. Amen. God was his own interpreter. And he used the prophet to bring it. Now, let's go just for a moment to Revelation 10, verse 1. And I'm going to take and just tie for a moment this, this thought of 1 Thessalonians 4 with this scripture. And I saw another mighty angel. Now, Brother Brandon, when he, he reads this, he said, only Christ this could be. But you see, it's not Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit coming now and he's the messenger of his own covenant. He didn't trust it with an archangel. He didn't trust it with anyone. He comes himself. Descending from heaven, watch another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. A rainbow was upon his head, showing the seven, golden, uh, seven colors of his rainbow, the complete covenant. And his face were, as it were, the sun, no clouds upon it. It's here now, the word in his fullness, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book that was closed, now open. And he sets his foot upon the the sea and his left foot upon the earth. And he cried, what's these words now? He cried with a loud voice. Again, it's not a boo-hoo. You don't have to hand him a a Kleenex. I want you to get the thought. He does what? He cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. The king is speaking. We've had seven church ages. We've had complete ideas of man over and over and over again. We have libraries and, and full of books and every kind of school of divinity in the world. But look here, now the king is speaking. We've had men speaking, but now God is speaking. And he cries with a loud voice as when a lion roars. In other words, he gave a loud shout. Now we're right back to 1 Thessalonians 4. He gave a loud shout like the roar of a lion. Amen. When he does, he hushes every other voice, but it releases the voice of God. And when he cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. In other words, when he shouted, in that shout, the voices of seven thunders spoke. Uttering their message in distinct words. What had been sealed and closed up in other ages is now revealed. Now John was going to write it. And God said, no John, this is not to be made known to the end time. So I want you to seal this up. But when you come to the fullness of times. When the ages have run out. When you get down to the last age. Then the mysteries of God will be finished or revealed and made known. Now, this was the same as Daniel. Daniel said, I heard it, but not with understanding. So he says in Daniel 12, 9, the words are closed up and sealed to the 
time of the end and many will be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. So he says there's coming an understanding to things that I can't understand now. And that's what John was saying. An understanding I'm not able to reveal is gonna be reserved to the last day. And I'm gonna finish it up. I'm gonna finish the mysteries. For in Revelation 10, 7, in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he had declared all down through the ages through the servants of prophets. Now, this, you know, is a, is a big surprise to a lot of people. They look to see, and look to see a, another great, for Brother Branham's crowning of his ministry, another great divine healing campaign. They look for another times of greater gifts and greater miracles. But the third phase of the third pull of Brother Branham's ministry, he would explain it like this as he looked back over it and anointed when it's the end time. He said, notice the very day when this messenger, not when he starts on, but when he begins to declare his message. See, the first pull was healing. The second pull, prophesying. The third pull, the opening of the word, the mysteries revealed. No more, there's no more higher order to reveal the word than prophets, but the only way a prophet can be uh, vindicated is by the word. And remember, the third pull was. The third pull was. The third, the third phase of my ministry was. The opening of them seven seals to reveal the hidden truths that's been sealed in the word. Now, notice people are claiming the opening of the word, and yet much is close to them. They close the door of mercy, sealing up and shutting down divine healing, miracles, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the power of God, come on. Actually, instead of opening the word, many have taken it to close the word. Now, when the book was opened to John, he saw his name in the promise. And it caused emotions to rise. Amen. It caused him to ring out praises to the Lamb who opened the seals. The open of the word actually causes the word to live. It opens up a fountain of living water. It releases everything in God's promises. Amen. It becomes a bountiful, bountiful supply of the Holy Ghost. Now, what Brother Branham said in White Little Bethlehem, he said, we bypass on creeds and drinking stagnated waters from cisterns. What we need today is an opening of the word that lives. So we preach the word is open, but is it living? Are you with me now? It's got to live. If the word is open to you, then the fullness of the word lays right there for healing, deliverance, salvation, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, every promise in the book, the rapture lays in it, everything lays in that. Somebody with me now? Amen. 
And what we need is an opening of the word that lives and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He cannot fail. Some call it telepathy. They say whatever they want to or spiritualists or devils. As long as that word is flowing free and producing exactly what it said it would, it is a fountain in the house of David back in Bethlehem where that Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever to his Bethlehem dwellers. Live with it. Live in it. It's life journeying water for us as Israel had. Amen. So again, you see an opening of the word that lives. A lot of what we're calling opening of the word isn't the opening of the word. It's the closing of the word. It it shuts down divine healing. It shuts down the Holy Ghost. It shuts down the power of God. Somebody with me? Amen. But when the word is open, it lives. When it's really open. Amen. It brings out life-giving water. If you're sick, you can drink from it. If you're lost, it'll find you. Amen. Whatever the need is, it was there because it's a life-giving water. A bountiful supply. More than enough. Not just enough. More than enough. Now, the message of Malachi 4 brings the birth of the word. Now, for it turns the heart. See, you, you got to see it's a new birth because it turns the heart. And, and it bursts a people who can believe all the word. That it returned back to the original faith. Now, out of the word, the original faith, the message, comes a people born of the word who are the word made flesh in its fullness. Now, I'm taking you now just for a moment. Let's just make the transfer. We are moving now from revelation being given to a word becoming flesh. Because this Bible, this word, this open book, this message you receive is no good unless it becomes flesh. It's got to live. Now, in birth pains, Brother Branham would tell us the message is to bring back the word, bring the people back to the word. Birth to be, she is to be delivered of a new birth according to Malachi 4. So uh, from Malachi 4 comes a birth, and it's a birth of a word, but out of that word comes a people. As he says in birth pains, the word must deliver the word bride church. The church has got to be delivered out of her a bride for Christ. So the word must deliver or birth a word bride church. We cannot be a people that just say, well, hallelujah, we got the message and we got our collection of books and we got our tapes and we got all of this and that's it. No, it's got to birth a word born church. He said she's fixing to bring forth the perfect word back there. Now, again, he's making it clear. It 
It won't be a partial word. The word in its perfection. And the word is coming for the word bride. As a woman is a part of the man taken from him. So that will the church be a word abiding church. Every word of the Bible, not system, dogmas, nothing added to it. It'll have to be an unadulterated, pure, virgin word. Now isn't that something? As the shout finished sounding his message, the voice of the resurrection begins. Let me say that again. As the shout finishes his message, and out of that, mysteries are revealed. Silence is broken on scriptures that have been held in silence for years and years. Are you with me? You see, we're, we're not living in the days of the silence. We're living in the days of the voice. Word that the silence now become what was silence and shut up now becomes a voice. Yes, amen. Now, and as, it, as the shout finishes sound his message, the voice of the resurrection begins. But where does it begin? It begins by resurrecting a people out of dark, cold denominationalism. Out of the tombs of the religion. A people who can say, I was dead. Come on. I was dead. I was in the tombs of religion. I was dead. I was dead in sins and trespasses. I was dead in unbelief. I was dead in false doctrine. But not no more. Behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys to, that will unlock every door of hell. The gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Now, this is, this is so incredible. The word actually births a bride. And this, this, is, this is the same. It's just more of the descending of the mighty angel. It's just more of the rapture that is going on. And when first he comes as the word a message coming to a prophet and then it transfers and goes into the next phase where it comes a voice in the people. Now, as a book transfers from the hand of the angel, it transfers to the hand of John. Remember in Revelation 10, 80, he said, go take the little book out of the hand of the angel. So therefore, there comes a time where the book becomes your promise. Hallelujah, the book becomes your inheritance. I'm talking about the book that John wasn't worthy to look at. But once it's taken by the lamb, and the lamb has done his intercessory work, he didn't keep it for himself, but he comes down with the open book to make a transfer to all the seed of Abraham. The royal seed. Now it's Christ returning. But not as a shout. It's not in a prophet. People are saying we got the word, the word, the word. We got the word. And I'm going to say we do have the word. But Christ is now returning the church. Listen to me. As the same bride she was in the book of Acts at Pentecost. So the word, before there can be a bride taken, 
the word's got to produce one. Come on. Amen. Out of the word has got to come a people. And they've got to be the, that word made flesh or made manifest. Now, as he said in the identification of Christ, it's God manifested in flesh, now in the flesh of his bride. For the bride and her husband is the self-same flesh. These two are one. And the church is becoming the bride all the time by believing the word so that the word in the church becomes the same. The word in the church making it the bride. The last sign God identified himself, the, the word in the church. Now, now, again, the church becoming the bride by believing the word so that the word and the church becomes the same. Now, so as a wheat plant has to go from grain back to head of grain, so must the word bride head up into the person of the word of God. So this last day people will be the fullness of the word. Not a partial word expressed. The whole word expressed. Hang tight with me. I'm just laying some background here. Other ages of that reformation. But this is not a reformation. This is a restoration. Amen. A restoration what? Of the original seed that was planted. So you see down to the, the, you know, the corn of wheat that died at Nicaea, rotted in the dark ages, is now shot, shot up a, a shoot of truth in Luther. Grew, grew on there. But at the end of the Laodicean age where we're at, just before Jesus came, the church goes back to being the wheat seed bride again. Hallelujah. Now, again, he says in God of this evil age, word bride heading up in the person of the word of God made manifest in this evil age that we're living in. So the bride will be the person of the word made manifest. Manifesting all the word. Every promise. Every gift. All his righteousness. All of his holiness. Amen. Everything. There will be living epistles. In other words, the living word. We're not talking about now. Listen. I, I just want to say it, whatever's in your library can't live. But what's in your heart can live. Amen. And it makes a people born of the word and they have power. Amen. A living word, a living bride, a word that vibrates with power. A bride that pulsates with life. Amen. See, he would say, he said, and we would see Jesus, see your written epistle of God, a real true born again Christian is the word expressed again because your written epistles read of all men. What, a, what type of a person should we be if we know that our lives is an open living Bible to the unbeliever? You, can't, you see that the bride becomes an open living Bible. So we're talking about now the open book. We're not just talking about a sermon, Brother Bradham preached. We're talking about a people that it produced. Amen. A people who is the open living book. They are the fulfillment of all the prophecies. Can't you see then that the bride becomes the open living book? 
How do they do it? Revelation 10, 8 says they do it by eating the book. Amen. And they by eating the book are to express then the fullness of God. Once again, because what happens by eating the word makes you prophesy. In other words, the word has got to come out of that people. It's got to express itself. It's got to express healing. It's got to express miracles. It's got to express the Holy Ghost. It's got to express the, the power of God. It's more than a doctrine, it's a life. It's a power. Are you with me, church? Live an epistle, epistles that are living. We got epistles written in the Bible, but you are to be the living epistle. Amen. Epistles that's living, that's been written, and now living out the word of God. Oh my, we received many epistles from the prophet of God. We got tape loads of epistles of truth. Amen. But that's got to become a living epistle, a living word, a living power, and a living people, and a living bride. People that are living out the word, they are the manifestation of the promise. Now, the true born again church in this hour is the living word of God. It is the word of God in this age made manifest. Search the scriptures and see what's supposed to be happening in this age, Brother Branham says. There is Christ living again, just changing his mask from one to the other. Watch now, changing his mask from one to another. He was once in Luther, but he changed his mask and revealed himself in Wesley. And then he changed his mask and he was in the Azusa Pentecostal meeting. And then he changed his mask and came into the healing revival. But then he changed his mask to come into a word revival. And now he's changed his mask again and is in bride form. And she is the interpretation of the word. See the discrepancy, he said Jesus was the, the interpretation of the word. He said, search the scriptures in them, you think you have eternal life. They're not testifying to you, they're testifying to me. He was the interpretation of the word and every born again son and daughter of God of this age is the interpretation of the word. Hallelujah. You want to know what divine healing is? That's the interpretation of the word. Amen. When we saw Atlanta healed of cancer, when we seen Drew walk, when we seen blind eyes come back open with Sister Karen, when we seen God move time on time and time again, what was it? That is what God thinks about divine healing. I'm still the same. I'm still the healer. I'm still the deliverer. Hallelujah. Amen. You want to see, you want to know what his interpretation is of the Holy Ghost? I'll tell you, look at our young people. Look at ones like Aaron that was in sin that God transformed their lives. Amen. Look at you. Look at me. We are the interpretation. The interpretation of that word. A written epistle, written in our lives, read of all men. Now, 2,000 years ago, 
at the culmination, at the climax, at the crowning moment of the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, the Word was made manifest in a body. In the man Christ Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead, every expression of God was in him. The fullness. We know that. It wasn't the second person, it was the person. Come on now. We've got a one God Bible. All the way down through the Bible, he's a one God. That's a way, you know, Brother Branham didn't bring a trinity of gods. He didn't bring a senior God and a junior God. A man or a senior God and and the man is, he just a man, you know, he just another human like us. No, he showed one God. God above us, God with us, God in us. Is that right? Amen. And the fullness of God was made known. God and man become one, the anointed man, Christ. What does Christ mean? The anointed one. The anointed that was anointed with the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Amen. Oh, how could we doubt that? How could we question it? After hearing and having revealed, how could we get somebody confusing us with two Jehovah's and two Jesus's and two this and two that? Come on now. Amen. God made it clear to us. Amen. That the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelt in Christ. Where once Moses partly had him and partly David had him and where but now he was manifested on earth. Deity himself standing on the earth. God in his fullness to die for the sin of the people that he might bring this church a sanctified life that he might have the preeminence and fullness in his church, that he, in his, in his church, to manifest every promise. Somebody say every promise in this last day, for he promised that for the last day. So here we are, again, Christ did all of that to sanctify a people, amen, so that he might have the preeminence in them, and what's getting in fullness in them Amen. Manifest every promise for the last day. Every promise. Every promise. Every promise. Now at the end of the ages, at the culmination, at the climax, at the crowning moment. Somebody with me? Amen. In the crowning moment now of the New Testament, we've had seven church ages. We come now to the end of the new covenant. We're here at the end for the the dispensation of the fullness of time. You know, all the word is made manifest in a body, in the bride of Jesus Christ. The fullness of the Godhead bodily and every expression of God is in a people. Just like the culmination of the Old Testament brought the fullness in a body. Come on. Now God by his word has created another body called his bride. It's the same God. He's just changing his mask. Amen. It's now God in you. Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. Are you with me, church? And now 
he comes to bring that same fullness into a people. I'm driving it home now. You see, as Brother Branham said, first, he had to reveal himself in Christ, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. If you doubt that, you ain't even got the first base yet. If you question that, you hadn't even, you're not even, you're not even playing yet. Amen. You, you, Brother Branham said you cannot get to first base without first believing in the supreme deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. First, he had to reveal himself in Christ, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then to bring that fullness of the Godhead bodily into a people that he could have the preeminence, the oversight, the leading. Amen. God expressed himself in Jesus Christ who was both Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now the complete fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in his church. Preeminence. All that God was, he poured into Christ. And all that Christ was, was poured into the church, the believers. And in there, there would come forth and be a time when he could express himself in fullness of his Godhead deity through his church. Have preeminence in his church. Oh my, what? The anointed man. Are you ready for this? Now, now, the anointed people. To bring back the anointed bride and bridegroom. So she's got to be the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, just like he was. Amen. And this is where every denomination passes off the scene. This is where the shuck is separated from the wheat. This is where the child of the bondswoman is rejected at the coming of El Shaddai by the announcing of the coming of a supernatural son of the promise. I'm going to bring the seed of Abraham and they're going to come supernaturally. They will not come by denominational bondswoman. Now, This is where it changes from the days of the voice of the seventh angel. And that phase is now over. I know that's shocking for some to hear that, but that phase is complete. He sounded his message. He no longer preaching in Streetport and then in New Mexico and bringing a new revelation here or there. It has been revealed. The message has been finished. There's no not in need to bring a another trail of the serpent and another idea or another this or another that or bring, to finish it. It's finished. It's finished. Amen. The, the mysteries are over. They're not mysteries anymore. The thunders are revealed. They're no longer a noise. They're no longer just something that was said we don't understand. We understand it now. How do we know it? By the, because God descended from heaven with a shout and spoke a message through a prophet to do what? To give us a full counsel of God. Every mystery of God needed for the bride has been delivered. I don't need to bring you a new revelation. I don't need to bring you a new teaching. I don't need to bring you something that will perfect you for the rapture. It's already there. It's already there. What you need to do is take it for yourself and digest it and let it come out of your mouth and 
you speak the same thing the word says. Revelation 10, 8, because too many people have stopped at Revelation 10, 7. And the same angel continues. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, saying, go and take the little book that is open in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And John went and took it and closed it. Sister Jeannie looked up there to see if that said that. (laughs) It don't. But that's what people do. They have claimed to take it. And then they close off the power of God. Healing, deliverance, salvation, miracles. Dear God, we need miracles. Sister Ruth, you need a miracle. Brother James, you need a miracle. Elizabeth, you need a miracle. There are, but there are miracles that are happening. Hallelujah. Amen. There are miracles that are taking place. Amen. We see it in our young people. We see it in our middle age. We see it all over. It doesn't matter. Age has no, doesn't hold. It has no bars. Are you with me? The same word would go right down to Bill Dow, an old man past 90, and give him more years. I'll tell you, God is here to give you more years to make you live to the rapture. It's the power that lays in the word. It's there. It's there to be, it's to be tapped into. It's, it's a fountain of water. It's, a, it's an unlimited fountain. Come on, somebody help me preach it. Amen. What do you got to do? Take that book and eat it and then prophesy. Let it come and live out of your life. Hallelujah. Let it manifest every promise. Why, why eat it? Why eat the book? Verse 9, he said, the angel said, give, he said to him, give me the little book. And he said, take it and eat it up. Why eat it? The word and the message must become flesh. It's got to move, move from book form to flesh form. And when eating and digesting, then it must become a voice of God. And I want to just say and declare that voice is now in a bride. Revelation 10, 11, and he said, thou must prophesy again. It's already been prophesied. We saw it manifested in Brother Branham. We saw what the word would do. It healed the sick. It raised the dead. It cast out devils. Amen. It filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on. It brought truth and revelation and enlightenment. It strode light upon the word that had been once darkened from our view. Come on, somebody else. Help me right now. Amen. But now you must prophesy. Now it's your time to speak. Now it's your hour for the bride now to be manifested. And it must produce a supernatural people. So you wind up with Abraham, one of his flesh and one of the supernatural. This is not complete until it's made flesh. And it's not complete until it's all made manifest, until the dead in Christ are made flesh again, and their theophanies are glorified. 
Amen. You think, you know, we got to be glorified. So do they. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, friends, that's exactly why you have become a voice. Amen. That's exactly right. Brother Branham told us, and what is the Holy Ghost? He said, at that day, you will know I'm in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. See, as God poured himself in the church, at that day, the whole thing is one plan of redemption coming down. God coming back to live in and dwell in and commune to his people as he did at the beginning. And as soon as he gets his church in speaking condition, gets love and persuade and fellowship uh, his church to a place that he can flow himself through and love and persuade and fellowship, then they will come in Eden and he'll take his church back where it left him, back to an Eden again, there where it fell. That's where the first start of the fall and that's where it'll be taken right back with every clean slate of redemption, bringing them straight back to that place again. Hallelujah. Again, he says, now this day we're living, this age is beyond Pentecost. He's speaking of Azusa Street. But now it's all coming forth. It's all a coming forth of the Holy Spirit till the great church is being filled up and chugged full, hallelujah, of the great powers of the Almighty God until it's got to place into the very works that Jesus done has manifest itself right back in the church right now. Again, he says, and what is the Holy Ghost given for? But we need it. The Spirit of God, when we need it, the Spirit of God raises a standard, and we need a standard raised. When we see prophecy being fulfilled, when we're watching Russia like he told us to, Amen. When we see, you know, our president, was it yesterday? But anyway, he made a speech. I listened to it yesterday, so maybe it was the day before. But he just, he just released a, a, a message to the world. And he starts out talking about John, Pope John Paul. He starts talking about the first Polish Pope. And he starts right there, beginning right there with Catholicism and the power of Catholicism. And how it brought down the mighty Soviet Union. Starts right there. We're here where, where right now we're already seeing economists now bowing down. No, you know, men that can't buy or sell without permission of the beast. We're seeing steps that are being made. We see the, 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 auto, uh, the, uh, the, the car that he saw in the vision. We see that now on the streets. Amen. I mean, we see it running, the driver's list system running the taxis in L.A. and San Francisco. We see prophecy. We see the woman dressed in purple being elected as a vice president. We see another woman there that it was the same because he said I couldn't tell which one it was, whether it was a, a woman raising in power, being a great a vice president or president or something, or whether it was the Catholic Church. I, I couldn't tell which one it was, and it winds up being both. We got another Catholic president. He described even how she would be dressed in royal purple. We're right here where the vision, we're right here in the vision. 
Come on, Eddie Biscoe, look for your green checkered shirt. Yes, sir. Are you with me? You're, you're to be wearing it. You're to be dressed a certain way. Hallelujah. You're being prepared by message in this day. Amen. You've got to be a part of that vision. You're a part of the word that's being fulfilled. And it's more than a grizzly bear, and it's more than a caribou. It's a bride without spot or wrinkle. It's the trophy. It's the trophy. To those that are under the altar out of the scripture said, how long, Lord, how long, how much longer? God's waiting on me and you. The church is waiting on me and you. Adoption time where God can pour into us his fullness, his power, his resurrection. That when the church and Christ comes so close together till Christ becomes visible among us and raises the dead and we go in the rapture. These are exciting times. Amen, these are exciting times. He said there, there's been a little breath of it in Luther, a little blow of it in Wesley, a deeper blow with the Pentecost. Now the breath and the spirit has become the same. And she's uniting together, bringing forth that same powerful blow of the Holy Ghost like he did back there is manifesting the same works he did back there is manifesting again the same thing. He said, what is the Holy Ghost? Now, El Shaddai is the almighty God. He is actually, this is actually the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's exactly the place that we're in where God is pouring out into people his fullness, the fullness of his spirit. And with the fullness of his spirit comes the fullness of his power. They've had portions of it, dips of the Spirit in the ages past. A dip in, in, at Luther, a, a greater dip with Wesley, a greater dip with Azusa Street. But this is where he pours out his fullness. This is where El Shaddai is known in his power, in his fullness. What's what he says? He said to bring a church to a place in this day far beyond Luther, Methodist, Pentecost into a place of adoption and rapture and grace. That when this church, when the spirit moves into this church here, it'll just raise and it'll bring forth all that is redeemed that's touched by that spirit. The Lutherans who stood in the light they had in justification, those Methodists that fell on the floor and they throwed water in their face from the Spirit striking them through sanctification. Those Pentecostals that they walked up and down the streets and they called them tongues demong and, and jabberers and goose language and all that. They'll stand in the righteousness in the sight of God at that day just as certain as the Bible stands here. But if you believe me to be his, a servant, you call me his prophet. I don't call myself that but you listen I'm telling you in the name of the Lord that those that are in Christ will God bring with him at his coming at the resurrection and only those that are in Christ are you with me now amen so part of his coming listen he is coming he is here this is his coming you are his coming hallelujah the rapture is more than just an event. It's you. You are the rapture. I'm praying I'll miss the rapture. I can't miss the rapture. I am the rapture. Hallelujah. Furthermore, I am the resurrection. 
Jesus came to you and said, I am the resurrection, I am the life. And there is a people on earth today who are the resurrection. They are the life. They are the rapture. That's who they are. They have been quickened. They have the dynamics. Say to this mountain, you heard what's been taking place. That's the ministry we're entering into. Prophesy again. We're way up the road now, soon to come in the Lord Jesus. We gotta have rapture and faith in a church that can be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye to go out or will not go. But don't worry, it'll be there. Oh, hallelujah. That's shouting grounds right there. Amen. We look over there and we wonder, oh, when's this going to be? When will Russia rise? It'll be there. Amen. When will this happen? When will there be this woman in purple? She's there. Amen. It'll be there. She's there. Amen. Here, this one, and this, and this, and this, and this part of the region, and here you are. And what about it? He said, we got to have rapture and faith in the church. It can be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye to go out or will not go, but don't worry. Don't worry about it. It'll be there. Amen. It'll be there. And when the power of this church rises, you ought to be looking for the power to rise within you. I'm trying to preach to you today, amen, that you are not a part of the word. You are fullness of the word. It's no more portion. It's God pouring out his completion. The mysteries are revealed. Hallelujah. But it was more than seven thunders uttering their voices. It was God identifying a people in this day. Who are the recipients of that voice and have become that voice. Amen. And when the power of this church rises, when the power of this church rises, how many wants to see the power of that church rising? I'm already seeing it rise. Hallelujah, amen, things that I've preached about and held on since I was a boy preacher and held forth these truths, I'm now seeing it catch fire. Amen, and the wind of the Holy Spirit catching it. Amen, it's causing a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. What's happening? And when the power of this church rises, it'll bring its brethren. It'll bring its brethren. It'll bring the dead in Christ. Amen. The power of this church, that church rises. It'll bring its brethren. And the power of that church will bring other brethren and will be a general resurrection. All the way, the last to go down will be the first to come up. Hallelujah. Say what you want to. Call me a fanatic if you want to, but I heard my wife call my name the other night. This is twice it's happened. Amen. What is it? We're coming close. We're coming close. You say, Brother Tim, you can't hear voices from the other side. Brother Bradham did. He said they were saying, press the battle. Don't give up. I tell you, if we could hear them cry out right now, we would hear them say, don't give up the fight. Don't give up your faith. Don't stop now. Hallelujah. It's going home time. That power that is rising in you will call. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. 
Amen. We're not leaving a hoof behind. Not a hoof behind. Amen. We got Ethan here. Ethan, raise your hand. Ethan wanting to be baptized today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We got Toby back there. Come to the altar the other day. Look at that hand up. Look at that smile on that face. Look at the change. Amen. No longer tuning us out. No longer going to sleep. Amen. Something's happened to the boy. What is it? It's resurrection power. It is God saying, I'm not leaving a hub behind. Hallelujah. I'm calling my elect. I'm calling my people. I'm calling them. Now, this is, of course, where Ishmael, the child of Abraham, or Abram's strength and Sarai's weakness is set aside, rejected as the seed of the promise. You know, he's the seed. He'll become a great nation, but he's not of the covenant. The child of the covenant must be supernatural. The, the children of the covenant in this day must be a supernatural people. Ishmael was Abraham's or Abram's fleshly strength. While Isaac could have only come through the supernatural. Now men with their own strength, they can start denominations. There's over 40,000 of them today, 20,000 of them Pentecostals, charismatic. But it takes a supernatural to birth a bride for Christ. And only El Shaddai can do that. Only, only a true baptism of the Holy Ghost will produce a bride. Because Sarah was 90 and Abraham was 99, God would have to restore their bodies and heal Sarah of her barrenness. Amen. He would portray in their lives. He would actually use them to prophesy of all the seed of Abraham that would come. Remember? Why does he go up on the top of the mount? How come that he goes and is offered as a sacrifice and God provides a lamb? Because it is a prophecy of the seed coming. So what we are reading in the Bible here is a portrayal. It is a prophecy that and God used in their lives as a prophecy what he would do at the end age. Amen. For he will change the bodies of the living church and resurrect the dead in Christ in order to bring about the long-awaited promised son, Jesus Christ. Now, God promised that the grain of wheat that he planted at Pentecost in the book of Acts would return back to the grain again. And these other stages of the wheat plant, like the blade, the tassel, the shuck, they were not the promised restoration. No more than Ishmael was not the promised son. And neither was Azusa Street the restoration to Pentecost. They are called Pentecost, like Ishmael was called Abraham's seed, but they, he, was, he was not the promised seed. They are called Pentecost, but they're not the promised Pentecost. Is somebody with me? Amen. But let me tell you, this is the restoration. 
God will take his church right back to the Pentecost of the beginning. Hallelujah. We remember, you know, it's the vine putting forth her branch. And again, there's been all kinds grafted on. And through Sarah's idea, Ishmael is, is grafted through a bondswoman into the family. But she's not part of the, he's not a part of the promise of God. Somebody with me? We've got Baptist, Methodist, uh, Lutheran, everything else, you know, that's been grafted into it, every kind of denominational fruit. But if she ever puts forth another branch, are you with me now? Listen, they have tried to reform the tree by trying to put in this Luther or Wesley, or the, it's all reformation. But if the vine from the root ever puts forth another branch, amen, she'll be a genuine Christ-centered, amen, Christ-filled word of God. I'm quoting your prophet there. She'll be a genuine Christ-filled, Christ-centered word of God. If it ever puts forth another branch, she'll be the word like he was the word. Amen. As he said, I will restore, saith the Lord. I'll send back another church in the last day. I'll restore the original power again. In the evening time, it shall be light. Down in the heart of the tree, no matter how many branches is pruned, there will come forth the royal seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. God promised that God will do it. I will restore. Remember that. Now, he said it's for Ishmael. I bless him. There's 40,000 of them. They're a great nation. There'll be some of them that will there, and, and, and I'm not even saying you know, any of the, of the great horse system, but there'll be sincere people among them that will be there after the, in the tribulation and they have, will have washed their robes in the blood of the lamb and they'll be led to living waters at the great white throne judgment. The living waters that they missed here, they'll get there and they'll have eternal life. Amen, but, but let me tell you, they may be called Abraham's seed, but God makes a distinction. Amen. It's with Isaac I have made my covenant. I never made it with them. I made a covenant with you. And you're going to bring forth that son that I made a promise. And no bondswoman's going to do it but Sarah. Though she's confused, though she's old, though she gave up a long time ago, though she quit believing a long time. But I'm not going to leave her sitting in unbelief. Amen. I'm not going to leave her there. There's got to be something that changes her. There's got to be something that revives her. There's got to be something that gives her hope again. Hope, I'm still the healer. I'm the healer to the extreme. I can take a 90-year-old woman and make her young again. That have given up years ago and remake them. I am the creator. I'll tell you this God is restoring a faith in his people, restoring a spring in her step. Amen. Taking the hunch out of the back. Amen. Causing people to walk upright. Somebody, you know, believing. Amen. I'm the, I, oh, hallelujah. My name is no longer defeat. My name is no longer. Lo- 
Musicians come right quick. Hallelujah. I'm changing your name. I'm just going to circumcise you. I'm going to cut off the world. I'm making my covenant with you. You're going to be a blood wash, blood bought people. You're going to be mine, and your child will be mine. And Isaac shall I see because I'm going to have a bride. She will be a God, God is still God. He's still able. He's able to do exceed and abundantly above that which you're able to think or ask. 
Cancers vanish in his presence. Sickness goes in his presence. Diabetes leaves. Come on, somebody. Everybody, he is renewed. Your strength can be renewed like an eagle. Amen. Let me say it in the name of the Lord. The promise is to you. And it's not for you only. It's for your children. It's for them that are far off. It's for as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. You're here at the homeland. You're here to manifest every promise. I'm going to agree with Aaron right now. Touching this one thing, that in the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow and every tongue confess. Every demon power has to leave, afflictions has to leave body. In Jesus' name, I curse the enemy and I ask that the healing virtues. Lord, the question came back to Sarah, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Lord, there's nothing. I ask God in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We believe. We believe. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. While he's coming for prayer right now, Ethan, you come. Toby, you come. Let me speak with you just for a moment. Ah. Uh-huh. 
sent Sister Sherry to us, and she has come, you know, to come here for a fresh start with God. And she is doing some of her first works over again. I met Sister Sherry when she was just a very young mother over in Texas. I preached over there in some, in some churches where, she, uh, actually, they were black churches where I, uh, where she was witnessed to by the brothers over there, and. The Lord has, has done some great works in her life, in the long life's journey. You know, sometimes we make some missteps along the way, and we don't, maybe haven't ever went as far along with God as we should. But seed of Abraham sometimes can go down to Egypt, but God won't leave them there. Every seed of God, he'll get back in the promised land. It's only back in the promised land where God will bless you. And I believe that God is meeting Sister Sherry in this water today. 
She has come as Jesus did, obedient to the word of God. Jesus came obeying the word, brought his body, his flesh down to the river Jordan to be baptized, submit himself to be filled with the spirit of God. Today, she comes back into the promised land, back where the blessings flow, back where she can meet with El Shaddai, back where that, that God can put his life into her. So, Sister Sherry, as I have prayed with you there already, and you have come to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and obey his word. The Lord Jesus sent me to preach the gospel into all the world. And he commissioned me to baptize those that believed and that received him, to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And so in the obedience to that divine promise of God, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Just take a moment and thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. He redeemeth thy life from destruction and renews you like he renews the eagles. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your promises. Amen and amen. God bless you. Amen. For being obedient to the word. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good to give us so many blessings? Give me Romans chapter 6. I want to read from verse 1 there this, this morning as we just think of the word of God and his promises. The Bible said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, so for how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we, we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. But if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So what we are here doing today is we are absolutely typing out the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And as I have explained to these young men, and this is Ethan Adams coming here that wants to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, it's not, it's not about our young people coming to maturity or to puberty and, they, you know, so now they're going to do the adult things. This is not about doing adult things. This is about doing the right things, following the Lord in water baptism. And the water baptism there that we have been instructed in is that first, the first steps of salvation is repentance and that's turning from sin. And then, and of course, there has to be a death to the old man. And that's the problem, is we bury too many live people. We are only to bury the dead. 
And so we can bury those and they will go down in the water, you know, as a live person, come back alive. But if you are ever dead to your sins, you will come up in the newness of life and be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is a promise is to us, to our children, to them that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, Ethan, the Lord Jesus sent me to preach the gospel. He commissioned me to do it. And I come as his forerunner today in the sense that I'm the baptizer. But there's one coming after me that will do what I cannot do. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So today, you being dead to sin and you repented of your sin, that's correct. And you've asked the Lord to be the the Lord of your life, correct? Now then, on the confession of your faith, where he sent me into the world and he gave me a commission, the great commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. In obedience to that divine command, I baptize you, Brother Ethan, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. comes one of our young men that I've prayed for many times. Toby. When he came down the altar the other day on Wednesday night, I punched Timothy. I said, Toby's coming. It excited me. It made my heart rejoice. You know, I've seen a young man that has been just dead. Just dead. Just dead to God, dead to the things of the Lord. And I saw the transforming power of God deal with his heart. And after the service, just singing to the glory of God and his heart reaching out to God. I tell you, God's a miracle working God. We go through a lot of difficult things. But let me tell you, Toby, he'll be your father. He'll be your friend that'll stick closer than a brother. You will never just be wanting a friend anymore. Jesus to be your friend. But I want you to look out over this congregation right here. You got friends all over this church right here. You got brothers and sisters in Christ. You got, you got men and women that love you, that support you in your walk with God, that wants to be a, a, a friend to you, to encourage you along life's journey. You're not by yourself in this. You got me, Brother Tim. You got Brother Aaron, Brother Joe, Brother Timothy. You got all the ministry here at Evening Light Tabernacle to support you, to encourage you in this walk that you're making with the Lord. You're not by yourself. You're never alone. So today, you've made a great decision. You've asked the Lord in your heart. You asked him to be the Lord of your life. Do you know what happened? By you asking him to come in, he won't live with somebody else there. He won't live and there be two kings in your life. He won't do that. He'll either be Lord or he won't be there. He cannot abide together with 
with the devil. But we were born, you see, with sin nature in our life. I was born that way too. I needed a savior, just like you needed a savior. We was all born in sin, shape and iniquity, brought in the world, speaking lies. But you know what? God became our savior to save us from a life of sin and to change our lives and make our nature new. And that's what he's there to do for you today. Today, give me your hand right there. Toby, I should put your hand over your nose right there. You can put this hand up here. You know, Toby, the Lord Jesus sent me into the world to preach the gospel. He ordained me from a little boy. And he commissioned us in the Great Commission to go in the world, preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. In obedience to his word, I am baptizing you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go walk in the newness of life. Amen. God bless you, church. God bless you. Good.